Hello, you're listening to Dear God, What the Hell? I'm Amanda. And I'm Christina. If you're wondering who the heck we are and where on earth we came from, we suggest checking out season one before you dive into season two with us. Basically, we're two women who grew up in the white American evangelical church and unpacked our upbringing on air for you to hear. And in season two, we will read and research popular passages from the Bible, discuss how and when we learned them, and apply historic, cultural, and feminist lenses to them. Welcome back, and as always, thanks for listening. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Christina. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm trying to think of things that we didn't just talk about on our family Zoom call, but I came up with something. Oh, yes. I re-pierced my belly button. Yes, you did. How was that going, by and the way? It's going really well. So I ordered initially. So like the hole was still there, but like the smallest gauge I could get into it, or sorry, the biggest gauge I could get into it is my um, like nostril ring, which is probably like an 18 gauge. It's tiny. Super tiny. Um, so I was like, okay, like, let's try. It might even be a 20 gauge now that I think about it. But like, we're talking tiny. So I was like, okay, I'm ready to start wearing a belly button ring again. Because I literally haven't worn one since before the wedding when I was like trying on wedding dresses. I took one out then. Um, and then I lost the ball to it. So it didn't stay in my belly button. So hadn't worn one for a long time and decided I'm ready to wear a belly button ring again. So I ordered a pack of three rings that are 16 gauge off of amazon um and it was a little painful getting it back through the piercing hole all the way so i did like the salt water soak etc etc and then i kind of ended up realizing that the post was too short because like the like piercing itself wasn't uncomfortable but the way that it like scrunched my skin was really uncomfortable so that I spent like two days searching for my bag of body jewelry like a mad woman because I store all of my body jewelry in like a snack size ziploc bag somewhere in my bathroom which is not the best place to keep so do I (laughs) so I was like literally like searching everywhere truly i was like searching everywhere for this bag and brandon was like why are you looking for your belly button rings like so ardently like you have three new ones and i'm like they fit one way but they don't fit lengthwise so i eventually finally found the bag and got my like longest like my middle sized bar length but it's like a solid 12 gauge so it's thick um and i put that in and my belly button was instantly happier and i was like okay we're good so i did like one more day of sea salt soak and now it like isn't mad at me yeah i i got the urge yeah um i love that by the way i always loved your belly button piercing because you had one that's why i got one oh i loved it too it's just like so it got so uncomfortable with like wedding dress try on things like god i never i don't recommend wearing a corset with a belly button ring ever funny enough i've worn corsets with a belly button ring really yeah i haven't had any issues but are we talking like are we talking like a corset like a sexy corset or are you talking like a corset that sucks everything and squeezes everything together and is made of like not whalebone but like the modern day equivalent of whale but yeah no like i know what you mean by like like the bone bar yeah no i've worn those oh man and it didn't bother your belly button it might just be that i was wearing like a not so great belly button ring i have 
this bad habit of like buying fancy body jewelry and then like opting for the cheap stuff from Amazon. So yes, and I know that like yeah. any like ornate stuff too always makes my belly button oh. super angry. Like anything yeah. that's fancy or has like something a little dangly off of it, I can't do mm-hmm. unless it's short term. Like I've got mm-hmm. this. It's got like three little of it and it's like it's super super cute i never wear it because um i don't believe in low-rise jeans and i'll die on that hill Um, same and i've got no other come back oh my god then that's just i will die in my high-waisted pants that's just what's gonna happen yep i know my super cute little mom jean shorts cat immediately messaged me after i posted a picture of them on uh, snapchat and she was just like Excuse me, where did you get those? <laughs> I'm like, I knew you'd ask. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, man, I'm so sorry if I just kind of burped right there, but um, it's all good. I didn't even hear it, uh, so well, you're all good. You're welcome, everybody, if you caught that. But um, I got a new tattoo, which is super fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I got an anchor with some roses uh for my mom and my dad so it's a it's a really big piece on my thigh and it is in the peeling process right now so if you hear any of this during the episode is because i'm slapping it because i can't itch it yep that sounds about right that sounds about right hell how's brandon doing with his new tattoo is he it's good it was itchy yeah it's it's reached the itchy stage almost it's definitely in the starting of the peeling stage he accidentally so he was wearing his backpack over one shoulder the other day and it fell down his arm and scraped his tattoo so he was in an immense amount of pain yesterday morning because of that 100 percent. because it's like is it yeah those of you who don't have tattoos it's like when you scratch a sunburn yeah it feels like a burn like it tattoos the closest feeling to a tattoo is a burn, hands down. Like a really bad sunburn we're talking here. Not burns. like, you know, a oh, I was a little toasty. I was out in the sun. No, I'm talking like you're a tomato. Yep. It's deep and it lasts a long time. Yeah. But, and like it burns yeah, when so, you touch it with hot water and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So he's uh, healing up slowly but surely. Bless him yeah bless him yikes oh, yeah but, no that's, yeah. that's tough yeah brandon and i were uh sanander bunny buddies for a couple for a couple days there did he keep it on for very long or no oh he did yeah he kept it on good for, for as long as he possibly could i think it was two days yeah i kept my first one on they recommend 24 to 48 hours and then the second one i did the minimum of three days because i'm like i know i want this off because yeah, it, it literally feels sense. like you're ripping off a layer of skin. Yes. It hurts. Like sometimes it's I so truly true. believe that the stuff they use to cover your tattoo and protect it sometimes hurts more coming off than the tattoo itself. Oh, I believe it. But I also only have had Saniderm twice and I don't remember them that <laughs> much. I mean, like, I also, it. we've talked about this. I have really weepy tattoos. Like, I hydrate a lot before I get a tattoo. And they're always like, oh, like, your skin is really weepy. Like, are you really hydrated? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I am. So, like, I never have luck with Sanoderm because my skin just oozes. I guess I must have been dehydrated then because I didn't, I didn't <laughs> ooze too much um, between, like, with the first one. 
not too much, but the second one I was like <laughs> dry as a bone. <laughs> like there was oh, nothing, no. nothing collecting in there or anything. So when I went to go take it off, a lot of like the peeling skin came off with it. Ow. Yeah, oh. you're telling me. Oh. I was like, I hate this. That sounds horrendous. But there are lots of benefits with Sanoderm, and I understand why tattoo artists use it. Lots yeah. and lots of benefits. And it's healing. I can already tell this is healing a lot faster than my other tattoo did. Yeah. So it is what it is. But Amanda, I am actually kind of excited for today's episode. Um, oh my God, me too. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to be recording two episodes. So next week's episode will also be good. But this one, oh, oh, I, oh, I have, I have one question for you. Okay, go. Do you think the Proverbs 31 woman had belly button piercings and tattoos? Absolutely fucking not. (laughs) I think the Proverbs 31 woman would have reacted to tattoos and piercings the way my father reacts to tattoos and piercings. Oh, my God. Well, it's your body, but I'm going to look at you like you're Satan's mistress for a few days. To be fair, your dad blatantly said it was your body and your choice on the family Zoom call tonight. And I wanted to applaud him and ask him to apply that logic to um, providing abortion as health care. I know. <laughs> he literally said, like, it's her body. It's her choice. And I was like, say what? I know. And- so uh, by saying yeah. that, Norm, uh, how do we feel about? <laughs> tell me, tell me more. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, no, it, I mean, now, in that defense, piercings were very common in and culture. Also, I mean, so were tattoos, but both of them were much more common in, like, the realms of worshipping other gods and adorning your body as a way of worshipping True, true. Other so, gods. so, like... Yeah. She probably didn't have them then, but they also had a very different cultural meaning. Also, the Proverbs 31 woman is totally fictional, as we're about to talk about. But Yes, yeah. Amanda has so lovingly said it today. We are talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. Aren't y'all excited? Ooh, I'm so excited. Uh, All righty. Do you, you want to read this lovely Bible verse? I'm going to pull it up so I can read along I, with you because it's it's a solid chunk. It is. I will gladly, gladly read it aloud. (laughs) Look, it's the first option that comes up. So it's actually also an entire like women's ministry is named Proverbs 31 Ministries. Yes. So it's the wife of noble character, right? Yes. So we're looking at Proverbs 31 verses 10 through 31 from the NRSV. Are you ready for me to read them? Let me see if this has the NRSV version. It's, oh my God. Do you know how many freaking versions of the Bible there are? Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh, there are so many. NRSV, that's what you said, right? Sweet. Okay, go. Okay, give me a second now in the nrsv version it's called ode to a capable wife yes which i really appreciate that word choice (laughs) and we will talk quite a bit about that today so ode to a capable wife 
a capable wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and tasks for her servant girls. She considers the field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all her household are clothed in crimson. She makes herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the city gates, taking his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garnets garments and sells them. She supplies the merchant with sashes. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her happy, her husband too, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a share in the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the city gates. So fun story real quick. We're going to get into oh, yeah. this. Yeah. But that that line right there, verse 28. Now, uh-huh. correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the verse. Um, her children will rise and call her blessed, right? Um. Just it not in this. That. Just not in this version. Yeah, not in. Correct. Yes. Right, because I want to say that that's the children will rise and call her blessed. I would imagine so. Yes. Let me see if it's um, in this one twenty eight. Yeah, her children arise and call her blessed. Yeah, so it's it's in the NIV version. It's just not in this one. Um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> fun story. I don't know if like I think probably my parents were teaching this. Um, mm-hmm. or going over it and they had mentioned it at one point and I think out of the blue one night at dinner um, we got on the topic of it and my brother and I deadpan both stood up looked at her and went <laughs> blessed and then sat back down <laughs> and my mom died she thought it was the funniest thing that had ever happened but that's about all I knew of the Proverbs 31 woman I did not get taught this because really? this was taught to couples. Oh, really? I, I I mean, I never went to the college courses at okay. the church that I grew up in. I only did like junior high, high school, and then I dipped. Uh-huh. So yeah. it might have been taught in what we called big church. Um, but uh-huh. I I don't remember learning this other than the children will rise and call her blessed. Okay. This was literally bundled in with our sex ed unit at church. At church or um, at school? At church. At church. You so had remember? Yeah, you had well, sex ed or a version of it. We had purity talks where mm. some member of the youth group's dad dressed up as a gym coach and gave like cliche talks about like purity and saving yourself for marriage. So that was on like Sundays when we had youth group on Wednesdays, we would have Bible studies or small groups. And I distinctly remember my small group um, meeting up 
where we met up, which I think was either in the kitchen or it was like behind the stage in the fellowship hall of the church that I grew up in. Oh boy. And I remember um, my small group leader reading verse 10. And in that translation, the um, line is, she is better than rubies. And my friend Destiny turned it into the joke, she is better than boobies. And... memory of this chapter um is um you're better than boobies well i was gonna say in the uh niv version the new international version which is a very popular version of the bible um it does say you are better than rubies yeah so we must have been reading the niv but the joke (sighs) then for like a solid 15 minutes we just talked and laughed about that and then i think our small group leader actually turned it into a great discussion about how like we are worth more than like our body image and how we feel about our body image hey, that's so a, good a really positive a positive direction to take it when a bunch of girls are laughing about boobies so yeah i mean hey <laughs> that's it, my it, first teenagers memory. at the time like that's Honestly, how it yeah. is Exactly. And I think we might have even been, we were either like eighth graders or like 10th graders. Like we were young and goofy and it was perfect. Love it. So that was your interaction with it. Mm -hmm. That's your memory of it. Yeah. Like I said, all I've got is that, um, (laughs) that my brother and I did that, pulled that stupid stunt at one point. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, it was mainly kept for the couples. And I think that's just unfortunately how my church was. They kept this stuff on, like, the how you're supposed to be for the couples. Because yeah. they didn't give us any sex ed. They didn't do anything like that for us. It was all abstinence. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. I mean, all I was taught when I was growing up is is the whole, like, be submissive. Yeah. Like women are literally there to support their husbands, mm. be supportive, be their support beam, have mm. their babies. Mm. And that. that's 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 pretty much it. Oh yeah. Which at the end of the day, um what we're gonna get to at the end of this episode is that I think that whole like christian subculture of what a woman and a wife is supposed to be like we're like you must be submissive to your husband you need to care for your children and bear your children and be a housewife and if you go back to work after having kids like your kids are gonna end up all jacked up and blah 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 which like is wrong on so many levels but ultimately i also don't think that that perception of um womanhood and wifehood is supported by this chapter at all oh yeah no i don't think it's supported by this at all i mean in fact the kind of vibe i got from it um is that the proverbs 31 woman you know is a very hard she's a go-getter yeah like she's a hard worker she's a bit of a badass uh, yeah. So, and that was totally not what I was expecting from this. I was expecting, oh, she's going to be submissive to her husband and blah, 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 blah. And have we done that? Or that episode's coming up, isn't it? That episode, yeah. So by the time this releases, that will have been episode eight. So, yeah, last week we talked yeah. about um, husbands and wives and um, what some stupid Christian authors think and how sexist their thoughts are yes yes um yeah 
because that's the episode is that the that's the episode where we looked at um love like, and respect ah yes yes yes, yes. Oh. we love it oh, yeah, yeah so it's it's nice to see this where it's a different spin on thing not a well yeah it's a different spin on things it's different from the constant thing that you're told yeah where the wives submit to your husband you know that whole thing that is so popular yeah. in the christian faith especially the one that i grew up in Mm-hmm. Whereas this should have been taught more because it it's like she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Yes, that's exactly that's one of like the four subverses of this that I highlighted is like, that's not something that we're taught in church, like very much at all. I mean, obviously, we are taught to be generous and caring, but we are not taught it as a part of our womanhood no as a part of like who a wise woman is no because because we're taught like the husbands are going to be the breadwinners yeah and you know he'll he'll make all the financial decisions yeah which fine i'm terrible with money anyway but like teamwork it's teamwork yes it is all about teamwork and i'm so sorry if you hear any background noise on my end I do have neighbors that are moving right now. And so you might hear like the carts going in between between your apartment and and moving. Um, But yeah, no, it was, it was really, really cool. Like many women have done excellently, but you surpassed them all. And charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. You know, that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't like that. It says a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I've, I've always kind of not liked the idea of being afraid of God. I mean, I think so fear in a lot of like biblical terms isn't always translated as accurately as possible. Respect would honestly probably be a better word in this situation. And or I like reveres, like yes. reveres. I like that um, a lot. But more you know, because I mean, I, I just feel like the Christian faith, specifically the white American evangelical Christian faith, um bases a lot of things in fear yes yeah so i feel like that just reiterates it and i don't Mm -hmm. like that but i do like the fact that you you've brought that up that respect or reveres yeah is is a much better thing in in my in my eyes as well so um yeah yeah that's like really the only bone i have to pick with this is like yeah that little the the word fear right there but Mm-hmm. So, like, when we look at this, a little bit of the history of this passage is that it was originally an alphabetic acrostic of sayings from King Lemuel to his son detailing, like, the many, not all of them, but, like, the many qualities of a wise woman from A to Z, more or less. So, um, I think that, like, a woman who reveres the Lord or respects the Lord is like just one of many things. Like I really appreciate that that is only one of the things on this very lengthy list of things that make a woman wise. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the many things like she's a hard worker. Um, She will, you know, give and like open her hand to the poor Mm-hmm. She, um, you know, she 
looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. You know, yeah. she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness. Yes. Is on yes, her yes. tongue. Yeah. And like, when I look at this, so like, this is obviously, so Proverbs is my favorite book of the Bible because I really appreciate all of like the wisdom sayings. And I think that at the end of the day, besides like the Beatitudes, um, I think the book of Proverbs is probably the most easily applicable book of the Bible to anybody's life, um, whether they are a Christian or not. Like, you, there's just a lot of really fucking good wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Oh, 100%. And so, like, every time that I've read through it, because there's, like, 31 Proverbs and most months have 31 days. Like, whenever I get to Proverbs 31, I always, like, dwell on this and think about this passage. But for the first time, I finally went through and, like, annotated it in my Bible and went all crazy English teacher on it. Um <laughs> So when I like look at it now, I notice that like the verses are kind of coupled. Many of the verses are kind of coupled up based on um, like qualities that a quote unquote capable wife has. And like many of those are obviously like one, she is capable. She is able to do things on her own, which like in turn leads me to believe that like this chapter is promoting independence. Yeah. And not dependence upon a man, which like we also continue more into like she is independent. She is capable. She is trustworthy. The heart of her husband trusts her to make good calls. Um, and we also see that like she's not just making calls within the household. Actually, out of like this entire chapter, there's only two verses and it's verse 15 and verse 27 where it talks about her household and caring for her household, which so much of modern white American evangelical Christianity is about like women taking control of their houses and men taking control of all other aspects of life. It's that whole complementarian mindset where like women and men are different, but their responsibilities are equal and blah, 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 blah. But in reality, when you look at this section, more time is dedicated to talking about how this woman is a managerial, entrepreneurial, forward-thinking badass than mm -hmm. a perfect housewife. Yep. Which I love so much um especially when it talks about how like in verses like 16 and um 17 and 18 it talks about well okay really 13 14 16 through 18 it talks about how she seeks out materials and she makes things with them and then she takes that money and she uses it and she invests it in a field and then she uses that field to make more gains literally financially um, it also talks that she makes gains muscle wise, which I really appreciate that she girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong because I'm a nerd and I want to be a buff nerd. Um, <laughs> but I love that it um, like in that way really empowers the capable wife and um, does not put her in a position of submission, but rather puts her in a position of power assertion and control. Yeah. This is an assertive bitch. Like, Hell yeah. Not like bitch, but like, you know what I mean? Like, she's, she's this a is, badass. And like, you call she, her sister a bitch. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. She, she is, she's in, uh, I love, I love that you said that, that she's independent because she is. And that is so rarely stressed in the Christian faith because it's all about finding you a husband. 
honestly like because that's when you can start to build yourself up it's like you can't start to live your life until you get your husband and then you can really get the ball rolling which really also just like takes away from like the true goodness and personhood of an independent woman like i know that like it's really cliche to be like women don't need no men but like it's in the christian subculture many women are seen as being like less than or not desirable or like something's wrong with them if they're not married by a certain age and then even like if churches are like oh you've been called to singleness that's so great it's still viewed as a burden like Mm -hmm. being called to be single as if being single as a calling is burdensome which it's fucking not oh absolutely not it's like um you know not having kids (laughs) is the same is the same thing like but you Christina, know. how will you ever be fulfilled if you don't have children? Oh, I'll sip a, you know, sip some wine on a French beach and you can tell me that I'm not fulfilled. Oh, yes. Um, You'll so, just be the cool aunt someday. Exactly. Exactly. And it's questionable if Ben even wants to have kids either. So who knows? I mean, the bloodline might just die with us. I... If Ben listens, I fully meant the cool ants to my future children. Oh, true. I don't I don't want Ben to feel pressured to have kids either. Like you'll be the cool ant whenever I have kids. Yeah, cuz I know that it's not going to be, "Oh yeah, this is te- she technically she's like your first or second co- no, but no, nah, I'm your aunt." Yeah, it's just going to be this is your aunt. Yeah. Forget all of the technically is like you're Aunt Christina. Are you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm already Aunt Christina to Hey Duke and to Pumbaa. It's all good. That's so true. Um, so uh, I think that this is really nice because it does stress that independence, and I think that women in the Christian church don't get that a lot. Truly, they, they really yeah. don't. Um. Because like I said, it's just stressed, you know, go get a husband, go have kids, go go do that. And that's why I feel like a lot of people that I knew from high school who are all still very involved in churches are all Woof. married now. Woof. I hope that they're really I hope that their marriages are fruitful and that they love them. And mm. I hope that it's a good time. But I also know that half the time they just get married so they could be, have sex without feeling guilty about it. Honestly. Um, which is I, a piss yeah. poor reason to get married. It really is. Um, but like I, I don't mind if I if I pull you know like our aunt and uncle who are not married but have been together for t- our entire lives. Basically, they've literally been together so long that they are considered like what is it like a legal a statutory marriage? Like they've literally lived together for so long that they technically are married minus all of the paperwork and perks that come with it. Yeah, like, I feel like if they were to, like, God forbid, ever split, I don't think they ever will. Oh, I don't think so either. If Because they love each other very, very, very They're much, and I love so seeing perfect. it. Um, I feel like if they were to ever split, they'd have to go through basically everything that a divorce would have to go through. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Also, oh, can ahead. I just, like, note the fact that I literally did not know they weren't married until I was in my teens. I also didn't know that she wasn't our cousin's mother until like i was probably eight like i just had no concept that uncle mark had been married before then 
I did only because I remember I w- my mom was very involved with our cousins from um, our uncle's previous marriage. Uh, okay. Um, like she was very helpful in like helping um, our um, uncle's ex-wife like raise the kids and like stuff like that. And she she my mom just tried to like be very involved and be helpful. Um, she's a Virgo and that's what she does (laughs) yep um but she uh so I remember there were times we would go out to um where they lived and I knew that um and my mom my mom tried to explain it to me very very well and uh, what always kills me is whenever I say like oh yeah my aunt uh I'll, I'll like I just rolls off the tongue like I've always called her my aunt and my dad when he talks about his brother and um his brother's partner uh he's always just like yeah this is my brother and his i don't know is it partner is is, like uh this is the woman that he's with i'm like oh my god they've been together for more than like 23 years i'm like can you can you just not make it weird honestly like i mean like i'm all for people incorporating the word partner into their vocabulary but like don't be weird about it don't don't be weird and don't use it as a condescending term yes yeah yeah because i i love i love using the word partner i mean i call uh my boyfriend my boyfriend but um i would also call him my partner i feel like they're interchangeable Mm -hmm. um to me they mean the same thing but yeah, no, he he comes off so condescending, and I'm just Ugh. like, Dad, that's not. This is my aunt, my <sighs> uncle. Like that's what I call them. That's what I've yes. always called them. I'm like, can you not be rude? Yeah. Um, and she is a very independent woman, and I love her very much. That's very true. That is very very true. I think that's one of the reasons why our uncle was very attracted to her. She's a very independent woman. I would agree with that completely. It's yeah, a very to me. It's a very attractive quality in people. He turned a very one eighty after divorcing yes. his previous wife. So, like, yes, absolutely. And I think that, like, that I think independence is a healthy quality to have in a partner, like hands down. Because if you don't have independence, you have codependence or some variation thereof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot so, of like relying on the other person. Not not necessarily relying, I should say, but um. Not knowing who you are without them. Yes. Having your identity completely enveloped by them, which is bad on so many levels. Oh, yeah. I can't even begin to describe how much I don't like uh, codependency. And I am a very big uh, guilty party. I mean, I've done it before and I didn't realize I was doing it. And sometimes it can turn into manipulation. Yeah. So um, check yourself and codependency. Know who you are independently outside your significant other. Become aware. Mm-hmm. Talk That's about it if you need step. to. Go to therapy. Yes, go to therapy. All that jazz. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. So um, how, how have you read this verse from a feminist lens is what I want to know. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think that this entire chapter is very uplifting and affirming of the financial independence, the entrepreneurial independence, the responsibility 
responsibility, independence, which sounds weird when I say that, but like when I say responsibility, independence, I mean, there is nobody telling this woman what to do. She is respected of her own right. Um, there's, uh, verse 23, her husband is known in the city gates, taking his seat among the elders of the land. So I specifically remember, I don't know why out of all of these verses, that's one of the ones that our pastor decided to like dive in a little bit more on when I was younger, but apparently the city gates, um, are synonymous with a place of respect and a place of rulership, um, kind of like the council would meet at the city gates or on top of the city gates. Um, and then later on in verse 31, it concludes with give her a share in the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the city gates. As in like, let her responsibility, her business acumen, her independence, her financial choices, her craftsmanship speak for itself and earn her respect and praise among those who are in power. So I think at the end of the day, this chapter is very feminist forward, all things considered, especially from the way that maybe like, I don't know, verse 28, her children stand up and call her blessed and verse... Um, 25 strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the way to come is often or are often publicized as being like oh this is a Proverbs 31 woman she's happy and smiley and laughs at things to come and her children call her blessed like yeah sure that's a small part of it but also like read the rest of the chapter she's a total fucking badass yeah she opens her hand to the poor she opens her mouth with wisdom and teaching of kindness you know yeah Um, I think this is is very pro women, you know, I think that um, maybe, you know, that it is, it does still kind of have like a hint of the, you know, she's not on the same level as her husband per se saying like her husband is known at the city gates, but at the end of it, it says, give her a share of the fruit of the hands, like you said, and let her works praise her in the city gates. Mm -hmm. You know, it's saying, do not disregard this woman. Yeah. You know, I also think like there's a lot to be said about the um, feminist. um, Oh my God. What was I going to say? There's a lot to be said about like the feminist message of this chapter and the fact that like husband is only mentioned like three times out of 21 verses. Like it is very clear that this woman is not defined by who her husband is or what he does. Just like she's not defined by what she does within her house. It's mentioned twice and then it's passed over. True. Yeah. True. And And I like that, you know, while he's known in the city gates, they're going to know his wife at the city gates too, because he's going to be bragging about her. Yeah. I mean, even if he's not bragging about her, like let her works praise her in the city gates. It's not her husband who's praising her. It is her shit that she has done that makes Mm -hmm. its way to the city gates and earns her a name. Exactly. Exactly. I think that um, I really do like, like you said, um, looking at this also from from the English teacher that you are and seeing that like (laughs) there's a theme and motif in like every couple of verses. Mm-hmm. It it makes it easy to understand too, easy to follow. There's a flow to it, and yes. you know it. It starts off with like, you know the the simple things. I I say simple, but I mean like very very general things. Uh huh. You know, like she works with willing hands. She brings food from far away. You know, her husband will trust her. That kind of thing. And then she get they get into like the nitty gritty of it. You know, mm-hmm. like. Like I've said before, um, 
she's not afraid of her household when it snows you know like i said before she opens her hand to the poor um mm-hmm. that there are many levels to this woman not just the usual like she takes care of the home like mm-hmm. that is very general she- but she's also like a genuinely good person yes and she has I a kind like- heart I feel like this also feeds into, I don't see one mention in here other than, you know, a woman who reveres the Lord is to be praised. Mm-hmm. And that's speaking about God. Yeah. Not Jesus. God. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Jesus wasn't around yet, right? Because Prover- is Proverbs the a new Hebrew. Te- Proverbs, a Proverbs is-, is Old Testament. So right. I don't know. I don't know which book of the Bible was recorded first, but I think Proverbs was like earlier on. Right, it is. It is. I think it's like in the middle of the Old Testament, if yes, I remember the, correctly. But the Old Testament is not in the chronological order in which they were written. Right. It's kind of like watching all the Marvel movies out of order from when oh, they were created, order. but in order based on the timeline. So like Old Testament is in timeline order, but not like writing order. Right. Um, it's It's a very strong depiction of, you know let your actions show who you are yes yeah which i really like instead of hearing everything like i heard so much and i've discussed this in other episodes you know the whole commit your life to jesus Mm -hmm. i i i can't even tell you how sick and tired i was of hearing that yeah growing up in the church when i was just like but what if i do good things well it's not gonna matter if you don't commit your life to jesus um okay but then you look at the Proverbs 31 woman and look at all the good things she's doing, you know? Yeah. And so I like that it focuses a lot on her actions mm-hmm. and how they speak so highly of who she is as a person. Yes. Yeah. Through her actions. Agreed. And I think that Agreed. that goes to show actions speak louder than words. And while I can True. say yes, when I was eight years old for a toy out of a treasure chest i said that i would commit my life to jesus mm-hmm. those were just words it's my yeah. actions that are going that are going to define who i am yes I yes yes and more yes this verse or this these verses very strongly back that yes i agree with that wholeheartedly and i think that that's important because like i like i said in the episode where we talked about, you know, committing your life to Jesus and all that jazz. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a very one note thing you can do. And I, I praise the people that I know who mm-hmm. recognize that they did it too soon and mm-hmm. didn't really understand the actions or what they were saying. And they've gone back and gotten rebaptized. Yeah. I fully support that. I think that's really cool that you recognize that you did it too early when you didn't fully understand what you were saying. Yes. But this goes to show you that your actions have a lot of weight on who you are as a person. So true. So, so true. And, and what makes you, I mean, this version, it says owed to a capable wife, but it also has like such bearing on what makes you wise and what makes you respectable because like there are many women out there who believe in Jesus and profess his name on a Sunday morning, but they do not live a life of love. They do not open their hands to the poor. They don't reach out their hands to the needy. They don't teach kindness from their lips. Like it's, 
yeah, your actions definitely speak louder than your words. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of weight there. Yeah. So, so true. So yeah. now that we've kind of looked at it now, how do you feel about this chapter now? Is it different than how you felt about it when you were first introduced to it? Oh, absolutely. Hands down, 10 out of 10. Um, I would say like there's one... I love this and I wish like everybody read this section in its entirety, looking at all of the wonderful things that make a quote unquote wise woman. But I also feel like in the same way that her children call her blessed and she is clothed in strength and dignity and laughs without fear of the future have been sort of like capitalized upon and turned into like greeting cards and plaques hanging in kitchens and whatnot. I feel like if this passage was read by, I don't want to say the wrong person because obviously anybody can read the Bible if they want to. But I think if this passage, I think this entire passage runs the danger of being co-opted into sort of like the grind culture narrative, like the Proverbs 31 woman, like was a businesswoman. So you should join my multi-level marketing scheme and purchase some of my protein shakes. I can see that happening. As I read this, I'm like, fuck yeah, she's a badass businesswoman. I can totally see some MLM hun being like, hey, I want to be a Proverbs 31 woman and start your own small business. And um, my only fight against that or like my comeback for that would be like, yeah, you know, like, It literally says in verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. So I'm going to consider your offer to join your MLM and say, fuck, no, that's a bad investment, bitch. Um, So, yeah, that's my I actually have seen that. No joke. Uh, That doesn't surprise me at all. I actually we had so we made some new friends and they are fully vaccinated and they from what we know did not grow up in the church. So we had some like really interesting conversations with them over dinner the other night Um, and we got on the topic of like MLMs and um, church plants and how like bros who are planting churches and going to their old like youth group buddies and asking them for money is like the male version of the multi-level marketing scheme. Like, Hey man, I'm starting a church. It's going to be totally new and different, except it's going to be the same as every other church you've ever been to. Can you sponsor me? Um, is literally just the dude equivalent of like, Hey, I am selling these essential oils. Can you buy into this scheme? And then Hmm. you can be your own boss and whatnot. So Um, We were having this discussion with these new friends, one of whom is from Michigan, the other of whom is from Pennsylvania, neither of whom have church experience, but both of whom are very aware of MLMs and how like shady they are and scammy. But they always like they always seem to like prey on and promise like new moms or women who are in like transition periods of their life, like financial freedom and stability. When in reality, like really all they do is promise them debt. Lots of debt. Lots of debt and bad business decisions and a shit ton of products that they aren't going to be able to sell anyways because nobody wants your shitty face cream or your bad shampoo. Oh, seriously. And if anyone needs to know, just go watch an episode of Shit's Creek where they uh, try and sell all this stuff. And then it turns out the entire town has been poached by these multi-level marketers and I- like just started watching season one. Ah, 
that's gonna be my recommendation <laughs> for this week i think yes. is there anything else you want to say for this this episode or do you want to get into recommendations no i think i've touched on all of the things i wanted to touch on i fucking love this entire passage <laughs> yeah and like i said my first interactions with the proverbs 31 woman was was very very minimal mm-hmm. so i had um you know just all I remember from it, no joke, is the children will rise and call her blessed. Everything else I thought was <laughs> everything like, oh, she'll submit to her husband, blah, 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 blah. And so oh, came you mean episode, you mean the previous song, song of Solomon? Ah, yes, 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 yes. Um, so I came into this recording thinking, all right, we're just going to rip and tear this one to pieces. And then as Amanda was reading it, I was like, wait a second. This is actually great. Yeah, no, it's genuinely wonderful, which is probably one of the, because I mean, like we ripped into last week's episode, hard fucking core. So it's nice that we have these little like refreshers where it's like, hey guys, remember, we're not here to shit on everything, okay? We know that there are good things in the Bible. We're here to call out the toxic behavior when we see it and like applaud the behavior that is very um uplifting and very inspirational when we see it as well exactly yeah so um i was i was it was a very nice um little change for me there and i was like oh wait a minute this is actually very yeah. like pro-feminism pro like independent woman hell yeah independent yeah. woman who still takes care of her mental health exactly and, and will also- overwork herself and also still like takes care of her family. Like it's not promoting like run amok, go do your shit. Like, no, she she takes care of like her responsibilities at home, but they're not the most important thing that she does. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So this week you're recommending a what? I'm recommending Shits Creek. <laughs> Yay! Yes, Shits Creek is a is a very, very cute TV show. Um and it's got a lot of a lot a lot of heart to it. It's um, it's done by father son duo um, Dan Levy and his dad. Um, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I forgot his dad's name. His dad's in Isn't everything. Ephraim, Ephraim Levy. No, d- no, absolutely not. Absolutely no. not. Ephraim. No, but it's a very Jewish name. Eugene. Eugene. How dare you, Ephraim? <laughs> oh, leave me alone. I knew it started with an E. Um, yeah, no. So, um, but it's it's written uh by Dan, his son, but they star in it as a father and son duo. And you can um, tell they look so much alike, it's ridiculous. But it's a whole family affair because um his daughter slash sister's also in it and she plays the waitress exactly exactly so it's just a very very well done show i will say the first season it's it gets up to speed a little bit it has some of my favorite moments in it but i know that the first season can be a little slow for some people but it really gets headwind and just goes for gold for all the remaining seasons it's done airing i think that um it's concluded yeah, no, I think that I have like five seasons Six. total. Six? Mm-hmm. Six seasons, and I'm very glad that they called it, they ended it when they did, so they ended it on their terms, you know? It wasn't the network saying, all right, you run yeah. your course. Um, so it's just, it's a very, very well done, very pro-LGBTQ+, and um, 
it's just it's it's a funny show it's <laughs> it's a really funny um so you said how far are you into it I am like three or four episodes into it. I'm at the episode where Moira is picking up trash with the hot guy who's also on probation. Not Moira, but yes, Alexis. Sorry, Alexis. Yeah, no, you're Moira good. Is the name in my brain. You're but good. Yeah, Alexis is picking up trash in her heels. And I think I paused it right after she had to run back for her trash stick after leaning it up against a dumpster. So yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah, I love Alexis. Ew, David so perfect i don't think i've watched i think i've seen that one well she says it a lot it's like it becomes almost kind of her catchphrase throughout the show um perfect she just says ew david and it's it's really funny my mom my mom will look at me and go ew and i'll go ew david and she just starts laughing i love the cadence of her voice in that it like almost does like an upswing just when she says david and it's my new her her cadence is beautiful. I love the actress that they got to play Alexis. I think that she's getting um she's getting more roles and she's doing more things in Hollywood now, which I'm yes. super happy for her. But her cadence in Shit's Creek makes her character like she's a wonderful actress, number one, and her character is is wonderful. But um, that show, the tagline should be character development because there's so much of it and it makes it a really rich story. But I'm going to get off my soapbox for Schitt's Creek. I'd love to hear what Amanda has to recommend. (laughs) Yes. So my recommendation this week is for anybody out there who has a Twitter, my recommendation is that you follow Beth Moore on Twitter. And yes, you've heard that correctly. I'm talking about Beth Moore, the lady who used to write a bunch of like Bible studies that your church might have publicized and done with all the women in like the mid 2000s. Um, she has had some sort of like cultural Christian awakening. And when I say that, she's not perfect. She's still not LGBTQ affirming. Um, but I also say yet there because I'm pretty sure that that is like going to come and that Jesus will reveal himself to her and she will become open and affirming. Um, but she's not there yet. But she did depart from the Southern Baptist Convention and she also does actively call churchy men out on their bullshit. Um, she actually had a really sweet rant that I'm going to link in this episode about um, complementarianism, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, but it's the belief that women and men are equal, but God designed them to do different things. Like men should handle finances and women should handle home life, which if you look at me and my husband, you're going to see that that is not always the way that that goes. We are egalitarian. I handle most of the finances. He actually handles a lot of the cooking um, and a good amount of the household chores. We share those evenly. But um, yeah, so Beth Moore went on this beautiful, beautiful Twitter rant about how complementarianism is a doctrine of man. It's not from the Bible. And it's stupid that so many people think it's a matter of like top importance in Christianity. Um, and then a bunch of dudes like came after her for it. And she literally said like, dudes, don't DM me. Spend your energy tending to your house. Huh? Uh, so Love yeah, that. Beth Moore is really spicy. Um, she also is like very open and upfront and apologizes and changes her beliefs when she comes to learn truths, which matters a lot. So yes, yeah. yes. I I did not know she kind of like I I don't want to say defected, but that's the only word that's coming to my brain right now. Oh, she's um, straight up, yeah. From the Southern Baptist Church, it. like I love that because she was, she was taught like a. I know that name. I haven't heard yeah. that name in years, but I know that name. 
Yeah, she was literally so I started following her on Twitter because I follow like a bunch of like semi liberal like Christian theologians and she came up in my like you might enjoy following and I was like, okay, Twitter like your algorithms fucked up. And then I actually went and looked at her page and I was like, holy shit, like when did Beth Moore get uh, liberal for lack of a better word. So yeah, we love, love it. We love it. We love it. Oh, so love that's this, my recommendation. Like, strong, independent women. And there are lots of them on yes. Schitt's Creek too. So Beth Moore and Schitt's yes. Creek. Very, we, we recommended two things with a lot of very independent women. Excellent. We love so that. True, very, so very much so the Proverbs 31 women. Yes, indeed. So yeah, <laughs> that's what we got for this week. Yes, thank you all so much for listening. Please check us out on social media if you can. Uh, you can follow us at, at Dear God or at Dear God WTH on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, usually Instagram, you'll get Amanda, and then yeah, yeah, on yeah. Twitter you will get me. And then they can also help us by doing what? You can definitely help us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Or if you are too cool for an iPhone or an Apple product, you are absolutely encouraged to do so on whatever platform you find us on. On whichever platform you find us. There we go. Now there's not a dangling modifier. (laughs) Well, thank you all so much for listening to another week of Dear God. What the hell? Bye. Bye.